For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Good morning, church. I'm John Gwynn. I'm one of the elders. I want to thank you for being here this morning. You know, um, as I was preparing for this message, I had a realization that I was, by preaching today, lowering our church's what I call uh, TPP rating, which is a term I came up with for tattoos per preacher. So. It's a matrix that uh, churches track for attracting young people to church, so I wanted to... Uh, you can, actually, if you go on Amazon. <laughs> so our, our percentage is still high, which is good to know. Jerry, if you want to borrow some, they came five for five dollars on Amazon. So. <laughs> Somebody suggested that I should keep them on, but there's no way that I could seriously <laughs> speak for the whole time with these on. But. Anyway, <laughs> God's good. <laughs> so, Let's change gears on a more serious passage, and today we're speaking on a passage from Philippians uh, 3, 12 through the end of the chapter. And, you know, as we look at this passage, we've discussed a little bit before that this is a real personal letter from Paul. Paul is in prison. He's preaching to people that he's really fond of. There's no real problems within the church theologically to the church at Philippi. So Paul has a real opportunity here to really express his heart. He's got a real opportunity to uh, lay out what really matters to him. So these passages of Scripture, you'll, you'll really hear Paul's desire to really give important, heartfelt advice to this church. So this morning, Paul's reminding us of our future hope what we're reaching for, straining for, that goal that he mentions of knowing Jesus on earth and living with him for eternity. We reach for the hope that's promised, but it's a reminder, as he mentions, to not look back, but to stay focused on Christ, to stay focused on what God has for us, on the plan that he has for us. So the idea this morning that we're going to talk about is what we focus on, those things that we focus on, directly affect how we act in the present. Those things we focus on directly affect how we act in the present. Are we focusing on the regrets of our past or knowing him and trusting him? for our future. 
if you're taking notes this morning, I'd like you to write down this next statement. We're not defined by our past, but refined by our future in Christ. Let me say that again. We're not defined by our past, but we're refined by our future in Christ. So, Paul starts off this passage of Scripture by saying, not that I have already attained this, not that I have already attained the goal. So, let's actually look at what the this is that he's referring to here in the previous verses. Paul's talking about knowing God, truly knowing him in a deep relationship. Verse 8 says this, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. So this morning we're going to look at how we get there, how we get to that place where we're striving towards knowing Christ in a deeper way like Paul mentions here to fulfill the goal that Christ has for us. Paul uses an illustration here of an athletic competition on pressing towards a goal to win the prize. We're even going to use an illustration a little later from a former quarterback whose name shall remain nameless from Tampa. It's kind of a sore subject. But we'll get to that in a little bit. So, first we're going to focus, we're going to go through this passage and look at uh, three different aspects of it. Paul's driven, as I said, through this single, wholehearted focus towards the relationship with Christ that he expresses here. So we're going to break this idea down into three parts. We're going to look at what we shouldn't do, and then we're going to look at what we should do, and then we're going to take a look at why we should be doing it. So let's first start with what we should not be doing. And Paul mentions it here as a hindrance to knowing Christ, to that relationship with him. He's talking about forgetting what is behind. As we read, let me read that passage again. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to already have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So many times our past, as we all know, can cause us to struggle with knowing Christ. It can be a hindrance to that. So as I thought about this, as I thought about the things from our past that can hinder us, that looking back that Paul mentions here. Um, there's so many different things we can think of, but relational disappointment is one. How we've let others down, how others have let us down in our lives. Past hurts that we had. Areas of our lives that we look back on, that we focus on, that can cause us to be distracted. I was thinking about this 
thinking about examples from my own life. I had a teacher, it was either sixth or seventh grade. Now, you think about this, this was a long time ago, <laughs> before the invention of the wheel. Um, that told me in a math class, for some reason, I don't even remember the details, all I remember is the feeling, told me in, the, in front of the whole class that I was stupid. Great teaching method, wouldn't recommend it. But I realized, looking back at my life, that one statement from sixth or seventh grade affected me through my entire middle school and high school life. I really struggled with the idea that I just wasn't smart, I was stupid, you know? And it's amazing how, it, it was years later that when I finally gave my life to the Lord, went, went to college, I'm like, oh, I can actually do this, I can actually get good grades. But a little thing, a little statement like that, if we allow ourselves to focus on it, if we allow ourselves to, to uh, look back on those things, it can negatively affect us. Also, things like hurts in our lives that can last a lifetime. Unforgiveness, as I mentioned before, whether it's relational um, disappointments that we've had or things that people have done to us that have hurt us. Those things can be a true hindrance, unforgiveness specifically, can be a true hindrance to our relationship, a barrier to our relationship with Christ. Our entire relationship with him is actually based on forgiveness, if you think about it. The relationship starts with it, Jesus forgiving us of our sins. It says in Matthew 6, 14 and 15, it says this, for if you forgive others, when they sin against you. Your heavenly Father will also forgive you, but if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's a really powerful verse right there. So it's so critical to actually make sure that unforgiveness is not being a stumbling block to our relationship with Jesus. You know, also, regrets are another thing that we can focus on. Past failures, things we've done that have um, allowed us, you know, to just drag us down. I thought of this idea of uh, failures from, from my past. I went through a really hard time. Right after 9-11 hit, um, I had just started a new job, and they decided to basically, the economy tanked, and they decided to let everybody go that had been, been hired before, like within a year of the 9-11 of the, uh, happening. So that started a, like a five-year span where I lost my job over and over. And as you guys can attest, we connect a lot. Our, relationship, our, our value as men is, is connected a lot to what we do in life for work. I don't think that's really true. I don't think it's right, but I think our society puts that pressure out there. And I can remember struggling just to come to church because I knew somebody was gonna ask me about it. So how's the job thing going, you know? It's a hard time. It was like a midlife crisis, except I didn't get to buy a new car. <laughs> but all those things can cause us to lose focus. All those things can cause us to actually not keep our eyes 
on what Christ has for us. You know, even the idea of our successes, which when I thought about this at first, it kind of threw me a little bit, but our past successes can actually take focus away if we allow pride to come in. It says in verse 7 of chapter 3, Paul says this, but whatever we, what were gained to me is now considered loss for the sake of Christ Jesus. Paul didn't take anything, any of his successes from his past, he took all that and he put it aside to focus on what Christ had for him. Our society focuses so much on success, but we shouldn't depend on this. Our gains, our successes can cause us to, as I mentioned, to develop pride. Now this doesn't mean that you can't look back and be in wonder of the things that God's done for us. Um, you know, we find value in our past. God's brought us through many things. And we are very much a product of the things of our past. But we shouldn't focus on them. We should thank God for the th bringing us through those things and remain focused on him. So to recap here, we're called to forget the things behind us. The feelings of rejection, of disappointment, all those things can cause us to not truly trust God. And how can you be in a deep relationship with someone if you don't have trust? And the answer to that is, as we all know, is you can't. Our disappointment, our failures, our regrets can cause that lack of trust if we allow that to be the focus of our thoughts. If you're taking notes this morning, I'd like you to write this down. We're not victims of where we were, but overcomers of where we're going in Christ. Let me say that again. We're not victims of where we were, but overcomers of where we're going in Christ. Okay, so we've looked at the things we shouldn't be doing. We've looked at that. Now let's pivot towards what we should be doing. And what Paul says here, we should be reaching forward, looking, focusing on Jesus and the prize that he set before us. Verse 13 of chapter 3 says this, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, which we've already talked about, forgetting what is behind, but then he says, and straining towards what is ahead. Straining towards what is ahead. We will never reach our goal on this earth, he also says, which, if you think about it, it's almost like an anti-motivational thing. You know, how many speeches would you hear where it says this, verse 12 says, not that I've already reached the goal, or I'm already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I've taken hold, um, been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. So the prize will never be fully realized, but we have to embrace the process that Christ puts before us. We'll never be perfect. The term, I have arrived, was not in Paul's vocabulary, and it shouldn't be in ours. We should never settle for where we are in our relationship with Christ. But we need to focus, as I said, on what's ahead. 
verse 14, Paul says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which Christ has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I press on towards the goal to win the prize. So what are we supposed to be focusing on? What are we supposed to be pressing into? Paul, as I mentioned at the very beginning, was referencing knowing Christ, deepening our relationship with him. From verse eight, where it said, I consider everything to be a loss in the view, in the view of the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. That's what he was focusing on, knowing Christ. Paul's referring to prioritizing his relationship with Christ when he talks about everything else being a loss, everything else being forgotten, put behind. Our priority is directly linked to what we focus on. Paul uses an illustration of, as I mentioned previously, an athletic competition, pressing on towards the goal to win the prize. So if we want to know what our priorities are, all we have to do is look at what we spend our time on because that's our priority. That's how we can measure it. It's focusing on all we can control is our time. So as I mentioned, as I thought about this athletic competition and remaining focused, all I could uh, think of would, was uh, Tom Brady. I said it, I know. But how many uh, Super Bowls do you have to have before you're satisfied? I saw a picture as I was researching this of him with seven rings on. So he's got one left before he has to go to his thumbs. But how, how much drive does somebody have to continue to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again? It's really an illustration of an extreme focus, putting priority on one thing, on winning. And it's the same thing that Paul's talking about when he's illustrating here this example of athletic competition. I looked up uh, Tom Brady's basically daily schedule, and he has basically 20 things that he does every day, and each one of them is time-stamped. Goes through one after another after another, every single day. And my question is, is it that routine that actually that uh, or is it the motivation behind the routine that actually sets him apart? Because if you think about it, he's a professional athlete. We're talking about professional athletes here. These people have routines. It's really a question of the motivation, I think, behind the routine that actually separates him. He prioritizes his time towards that one singular goal pressing on towards the prize and forgetting everything else, just as Paul's mentioned here. So how do we know Christ? We need to remember what Paul's pursuing here, prioritizing our relationship with him. As I mentioned before, it takes time. Anything that's a priority takes time. This is a personal conviction for me as I struggle with being busy. Um, time is really the only thing that we have that we can offer. And as in any relationship of value, 
uh, any true relationship that's worth having, what does it take? It takes time. So we have to keep our focus on that, pursuing that as the goal, as the prize. This focus on knowing him is what brings us into a deep and loving relationship with him. It increases our desire to spend eternity with him when we love and know him in a deeper way. That's the catalyst that motivates us to live for him in the present moment. The focus of, our, of the future should affect the actions of our present. Let me say that again. The focus of the future should affect the actions of our present. We need to live in the present. The present moment's the only thing that we actually can control. So why should we be doing this? If we listen to the words of this verse, it says, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly calling. That's what Paul refers to it here in chapter 3. He's pursuing God's heavenly calling in Christ Jesus. When we're pursuing the plan that God has for us, we can find true fulfillment in it when we're spending our time pursuing personal gains or being pulled down into the past, we will have lack of energy, tiredness. Can anybody relate to that? Um, Isaiah 40, 31 says this. We're all familiar with this passage, but it's worth stating. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. It's that same idea of having a driving focus, having energy for the things that God's called us to. So, is anybody here feeling run down from life? Thank you for... <laughs> we have some honest hands up. <laughs> I know I am. Um, I've had a real uh, busy time in my life. I'm traveling a bunch with work. Um, and it's been, it's been really stressful because um, those, those stresses of, jo of the job can, can just be difficult. And there's a lot of other things like that that can cause us to be pulled down, that can cause us to feel tired and weary. So I'd like you this morning to take some time to actually reflect on those areas of your life that you probably shouldn't be focusing on, those things in your life that are distracting you from focusing on the prize that's set before us in Christ whether it's past things, past disappointments, relational disappointments, past failures that you've had. Could be regrets of things you should have done, things you could have done. Those feelings of wanting to do a redo on the things in your past. And even your past successes, as I've said, those things can also be a distraction if we allow them to develop pride in our hearts. Or are we setting aside our thoughts 
on how we can live in the present moment to fulfill the plan that God has for us, to run the race that Christ has set before us. You know, we're not defined by our past. We're not defined by our past, but we're refined by our future in Christ. Let me say that again. We're not defined by our past, but we're refined by our future in Christ. That's the strength that we need. That strength that we need to fulfill our calling. That strength is found in the one who's called us. He's the key. The strength that we need to fulfill our calling is found in the one who called us. You know, if you could take out your Connect card this morning, um, fill that out and, and give it to the information desk or put it in the uh, giving boxes. There's a check there that you could check called Focus. And if you check that, uh, you'll get an email with some further information about what you can do if you're feeling like your focus is not on what it should be, and if you're feeling like your time is not prioritized in the right way, could you close your eyes for a minute as, as I pray? Could you take some time, even now, as we finish up this morning, just think about What's your focus on right now? What's your focus on in life? Are you feeling like you're worn down? Are you feeling like you're tired and weary? Like you don't have that energy that we mentioned in Isaiah this morning? God has strength and energy for you. It might be that your focus is not on the right thing, as I've been challenged this week. So I want to encourage you, search your heart. Where's that focus? Where are you spending your time this morning? Is it on pursuing Christ? Is it on the things of God? Or is it being pulled down into distraction from the things that have pulled us down in the past? Father, I just pray in Jesus' name this morning as we come before you. Forgive us for those areas we haven't focused on you. Forgive us for putting our minds on other things, whether it's the busyness of today or the distractions and the weariness of the past. We desire, Lord, to know you like Paul mentions here this morning. We desire to have that deeper connection, that deeper relationship with you. So we ask, Father, in Jesus' name, that you'd help us. We need you. Send your Holy Spirit to minister to our hearts, Father, to help us to prioritize you, to put focus and attention towards knowing you more in a deeper way. Give us visions and plans for what you have for us in our lives, Lord, as we begin to take that time, to spend that time with you. Father, we love you. We thank you that you're patient with us that you love us so much. In Jesus' name.